Well, we are on the last week of our Roman series. We've been doing this since it was warm outside. Um, and next week, we start our Advent season. It is here. Um, and we're going to spend uh, just the Advent season praising the Lord because um, God has been doing a lot of great stuff this year amidst all the bad. And, um, and so we're just going to take that time to praise him and look at stories in the nativity story where uh, other people praised him. And uh, so that's just going to be a good time. Um, but when we started talking about it, we, we started talking about how the Roman church had a lot of differences, um, different ideas on how to live your life, on what to wear. You had Jew, Jews with their phylacteries and, and all of their things that they had to use. And, and the Gentiles who didn't wear those things, they had different ideas on what to eat and what to drink. Uh, you had a church that had different ideas on how to approach things politically because some of them thought you should be working with Rome. Others thought you should be leaving Rome completely alone, don't want anything to do with it. You had a church with these racial tensions, Jews, Gentiles, you had Greeks, Romans, uh, people from Africa, like all Asia, all coming together. Um, and that was kind of what made up the Roman church. Now, I know that we in the American church wouldn't have any kind of problems like the, the, the Roman church. We would never have any kind of tensions over what you wear or what you don't wear or have tensions about eating or drinking or, or different political ideas or, or dealing with racial tensions. The church in America wouldn't have to deal with anything like that, would we? Look at your neighbor and say, no. Uh, yeah, so in, Paul, in, in Paul's letter to Rome in chapter 14, he says that in verse 19 that we should aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. That we should try to build each other up. And, and you actually get to see it played out in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 15, last, last time, not last week, Mike was here, but the week before in chapter 15, we left off at verse 22. We're going to pick up in Romans chapter 15, verse 23. And you get to see this harmony and building each other up. You see it being played out in this, these end verses of Romans 15 and Romans 16. So in Romans 15, starting at verse 23, he says, but now I have finished my work in these regions. And after all these Long years of waiting, I am eager to visit you. I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I'll stop off in Rome. And after I've enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem and take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles receive the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I've delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I'll come see you on my way to Spain. And I'm sure that when I come, 
Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to join my struggle in praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I'll be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation that I'm taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I'll be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now, may God, who gives us this peace, be with you all. Amen. So that's how he ends chapter 15. But, it, but the cool thing is this, is you can see the Acts church being played out in the Romans church. The, the church in Acts, it just kind of grew out from Jerusalem, but that they all had this same uh, sense of, of values, uh, of this, the things that we've talked about, the apostle teaching, prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread, that they all took care of one another. In Acts 4, 34 and 35, it says that in the Acts, in, in, the, in the Jerusalem church, that there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring money to the apostles to give to those that were in need. Well, as the church expanded, those values just expanded with it. So there were some poor believers in Jerusalem, so the churches in Macedonia and Achaia took up an offering. It says eagerly took up an offering for them. Because the church that started it all, this church in Jerusalem, they found out that they were in need and, and they had this debt of gratitude towards them because they were the church that, that it all began through. And so they took up this offering, they gave it to Paul, and Paul was taking it to Jerusalem. So you see this, this building one another up idea being played out through the Church of Rome, through the Church in Macedonia and Achaia, all of them doing this to encourage one another, build each other up, and aim for harmony. It's happening. And then after he says that, he says, my plan is to come there to Rome. And he says, so pray for me on my trip. But then he goes on to say this, and this is where we're going to focus most of our time today in Romans chapter 16. And we're going to read all of it. So this is Romans chapter 16. He says this. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centuria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been, give, been helpful to many, especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are the Gentile churches. Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epentineus. He was the first person from the province of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who has worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who are in prison with me. They're highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers of the household of Archbulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. 
Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greeting to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philogus, Julia, Neris, and his sister, and to Olympus, and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love, and all the churches of Christ send you their greetings. Now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things that are contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings. As to Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, the one writing you this letter for Paul, send my greetings too as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius says hello to you. He's my host, and he also serves to host the whole church. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother Cordus. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as the good news says. This message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded... This message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Now, I just read all of Romans chapter 16 and you might be going, why did he read all of it? it what's the point? It's just Paul saying hi to a bunch of people. It, what, what's deep? theological truths are we pulling from this it's just him saying hi but that's kind of the point that's kind of the point of what of, of what's going on here is you have a church with all of these differences of what to do and how to do it and how to live and what to wear and, and different political differences and different religious convictions and different races of people and different backgrounds and different ideologies, a church of differences. And it's a church that could have easily lived in those differences, that, that, that it could have just said, look, you're different than me, I'm different than you, let's just do our own thing. And yet, you find out that with all of these differences, all these different people, it's a church that is working together to advance the kingdom of God. It's working. That's the point. It can be done. The harmony that, that Paul encouraged them to have, it's happening. 
It may not always be perfect, but it's happening. There may be bumps in the road, but, but it's happening. You look at the people that he says hi to that make up this church in Rome. He says, hi, say hi to Phoebe for me. She's a deacon. She's doing a great job. Says, say hi to Priscilla. Say hi to Mary. He said, there's a few other women in the church that he mentions. And that's a big deal in a male-dominated culture. In a patriarchal, patriarchal male-centric culture, him saying, hey, make sure you say hi to all these different ladies, that's a big deal. Because he's because yeah, they have a place, they have a worth, they have a job in the church. He says, say hi to Andronicus and Junia, my, my fellow Jews. He says, say hi to Herodian, my fellow Jew. But his name is Herodian. First part of his name, Herod. Like King Herod. Like the guy that Jesus didn't like, Herod. Like, you have to be pretty bad dude if Jesus doesn't like you. And yet, this guy came from Herod's court, and now he's part of the church. Can you imagine, even, I mean, look at even the differences you have there in the Jews. You have ones that have been Christians longer than Paul has, and then you have a Christian who's from King Herod's court. And that's just in the Jews in the church. So he says, say hi to these Jews for me. He says, oh, by the way, say hi to Hermes and to Olympus and to Narcissus. Like, you don't get any Greeker names than that. Like, those are super, I mean, those are Greek names. Hermes is a Greek god. So you have at least one guy in the church that when, you know, he was a little kid, his mom and dad were good Greek people, and they thought, what do we name our little baby? Let's name him after a Greek god, Hermes. So you have Hermes, you have Olympus, you have Narcissus, all of these Greek names. So you have a lot of, you say, he says, say hi to these people, they're Jews. Um, say hi to these people, they're deeply Greek people. He, he says, uh, you know, Gaius says hello. He, he says, uh, Gaius, and uh, when that name always makes me think of, like, Gladiator, like the guy who, like, went around with Maximus and was, like, his basically slave owner at that point, but he was also kind of like the coach, Gaius. So Gaius, Gaius is there, and uh, Lucius, and... Tertus and Erastus, they have these Roman names in this, in this church in Rome, which makes sense. Check this out. He says, say hi to Andronicus and Junia who were in prison with me. But then check, out, check this out. This is the other person that makes up that church. He says, say hi to Erastus, this city treasurer. Now, who's... City, are, are we talking about? It's, I mean, it's in the whole letter. Rome. So you have making up this church. Not only do you have, do you have prisoners, but you have like 
city dignitaries. And oh, by the way, if you think it, political differences might be a little tense, think about this. You have people, you have Jews that for years and years and years, for generations, have hated the fact that Rome is a part of their culture. And now you have the city treasurer as part of the church. So you have people actively working for the Roman government and you have people who before Jesus, you know, were probably not, and you have all of these people together. And they were making it work. This church full of different cultures and backgrounds you're making it work with all those crazy differences, with all that crazy diversity. And, and I mean, yeah, they had their bumps and roads. Uh, Paul has, you know, what he says, I've got a couple, couple reminders for you. He says, I know you're doing a good job, but here just, here's a couple reminders. Because they're making it work. And he reminds them one last time. In, in verse uh, 17, he says, I just want to make this one more appeal to you, just like one last thought, one more time. Dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. Such people, they're not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests. They're not being living sacrifices. We've said a bunch of times where, where Paul's basically saying it's not about you. He's saying these people, it's still about them. They're still making it about them. So stay away. He says, by smooth talk, by glowing words, they deceive innocent people, but everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and stay and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the God of grace, may the, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. He says if there's people that are in your church that are causing division, trying to get you on their side, trying to talk you into things, trying to pull you into a secret meeting, tell you what they think, trying to tell you something and, it, and it's contrary to what you've been taught, you're going, wait, like this is new. This doesn't sound like what I've heard before. Just stay away from that. They're not serving Jesus. They're serving themselves. They're serving their own personal interest. Stay away. They're not living sacrifices. Their mind is still about them. He says, those, you know, that people, those kind of people, that will destroy a church. That will cause disunity. And unity, harmony in Christ is the goal. And so what you see in Rome is unity in a church that could very easily live in its differences. You see this beautiful, diverse harmony And the church back then, just as much as the church today, needs harmony. 
Remember what he said about gifts in, in chapter 12. He says, just as our body have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the, the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you, the, given you leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a function. It doesn't matter who you are or where you came from or what your background is. You've got a part to play in Jesus' church. And he's saying to the church in Rome, he's look, he says, look, we have a bunch of different, you know, each, we have a bunch of different people. We're from a bunch of different places, but we all have a part to play. We all have a special function to do certain things well. There's no, not going to be one person that just can do everything well. So each person has different gifts to do certain things well to make this thing work. That you have a part to play. You have something to do. I talked to the, I, I, I talked to the youth group. I, I spoke for a youth group this past Monday. And I, I said, if, if it's just one person, if it's just a few people doing things, that's when church starts to get boring. That, that when, when it's only a few people using their gifts, then church doesn't operate the way that it should. It, it's missing something. And that's when church just kind of gets old and boring and, and kind of annoying. And, and I, I said it like this, that he says that the aim that we should have is harmony. But, but if we go into it and we go, there we go, thanks. If we go, do, re, mi, but then it just stops at me and church just becomes this one note thing and if it's just me then after a while church kind of gets boring you can't play a song this way very well in fact it kind of gets old doesn't matter if you speed it up or slow it down who wants to come to a concert and hear this but here's, the, here's part of the other problem 
is we get people to come to church. We get people to be part of the, the group, the, the ministry. But then we say, you know what you got to do? You got to give up all, all that ways that make you different. You got to just kind of be like me and do what I do. And so they join the church, but then they're playing the same note. And so you get a bunch of people playing the same note and it sounds a little bit different and you're like, well, at least it's better than that. But it's still not that interesting to listen to. It's not that interesting to be a part of. You're kind of going like, well, I could probably miss this Sunday or next Sunday or a few Sundays because all I'm going to hear is the same thing over and over and over again. Now, I'm going to have Cheryl come up here because she can do things on a keyboard that I can't. Because this is, this, is this is about the, uh, the limit to my piano capabilities, maybe a little bit better than this. I can bust out some chopsticks or heart and soul maybe. But, but here's the thing. I'm going to have Cheryl play something. Now, she's going to play different notes but see, here's the thing, that when it's all in the same key, when it's all united sort of under the banner of one thing, you can have a bunch of different notes and they harmonize with each other. They're different. So you're playing a different note and you're playing a different note and you're playing a different note and your gift is different than my gift, which is different than their gift. But all these differences are coming together and it's creating a harmony. Now you take a couple of those notes and just put them together. It's like, well, it sort of sounds okay. But when you start putting the more and more notes together under the banner of the key of whatever she's playing in, you know, uh, she doesn't even know, but, but when the church comes together, under the banner of Jesus, when it's, when it's Christians, people who have been saved by the blood of Jesus, coming together under the power of the Holy Spirit, in, under that banner, coming together, your note might be a little different than your note, that might be a little different than your note, that might be a little different than my note, but that harmony comes together and it creates something beautiful. And so that's what you're seeing in the church in Rome. That's what he's talking about is, look, yeah, okay, you're Greek. Okay, yeah, you're Roman, you're Jewish. Yeah, you grew up in a Jewish household, so what your whole life up till now looks like completely different than somebody who grew up in a Greek household and and making sacrifices to uh, Artemis and all that kind of stuff. Thank you. Everybody give it up for, for Cheryl. I am thankful for your gift. And they are all thankful that I'm not up there playing because I play E pretty good. 
Um, you have a part to play. You do. If it's just do, re, me, 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 me all the time, church gets boring. People start thinking, I can skip this week because it's just going to be the same song. But when it's all of us together using all of our beautiful gifts that God has given us, in all of our beautiful differences, in all of our different ways, bringing it all together under maybe little different convictions, maybe under little different ideas sometimes, but saying, you know what, that stuff is all secondary. It's all about Jesus. We're all going to make it about Jesus. When we all do that, then something beautiful happens. It's all of us together, united, and you have a part to play. The question is, are you playing? Because some of you, some of you online haven't been playing. Now, I know COVID makes it hard to play. COVID, because of especially some of your gifting, it makes it hard to play your note. But you still got to play. You still, wherever you're at, whether you're in here or whether you're watching online, you still have a part to play. A, a pandemic isn't God's way of saying, you don't have to be involved in using your gift for me anymore. God still wants you to use your gift for his glory. And so many Christians wait to use their gift. So many Christians right now are waiting, but it was before, it was like that before a pandemic happened that there are Christians that are just waiting to use their gift. They're waiting because they don't feel like they're good enough. I'm waiting to be a better Christian. I'm waiting to be smarter. I don't know enough about the Bible. I, don't, I haven't memorized enough verses. I don't know enough about the Old Testament. I don't know enough about this or that. I, I'm waiting to be smarter. Once I get smarter, then I can put my gift to work. I, you know, I'm, I'm not a good enough Christian. I still say some of those words sometimes. I, I still, every once in a while, you know, I... I Take a shortcut that, you know, it's not really a legal shortcut. Yeah, I'm still, I said, I'm still not perfect. I still don't do quite everything right all the time. And so I will put my gift to work once I get better. Once I get, once I'm more Christian, once I'm a Christian like that guy over there. But God wants you to put your gift to work right now. He wants to put your unique differences with his Holy Spirit, with his gifting, and get you working 
to accomplish the things for his kingdom. Maybe you wouldn't struggle with all of those things that you said, well, I need to do that to get better to be a Christian so I can put that to work. Maybe if you were following Jesus and saying, you know what, I'm gonna put it to work and, and I'll let God deal with it and work it out. Maybe if you were giving more of your time to doing what God has called you to do and built you for, you wouldn't have time to do the things that you're saying, well, I'm doing this so I can't do it because I'm not a good enough Christian. God has given you a gift and a talent and a personality to use for him. Not when you're better, not when you're smarter, not when you're more Christian right now. You have a part to play in Jesus' church. And if you're sitting there going, well, God can't use me because I'm this, this, and this. Look, Jesus used prostitutes and liars and cheats, and Jesus can use you. And he says, Paul says in Romans 15, verse 5 and 6, he says, May God, who gives us this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. It is fitting that you live this way. And then check this out, what he says in verse 6. And then all of you can join together in one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's call for the church has not changed today. His call for the church has not changed today. It's still that all of you can join together with one voice in harmony, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's call for the church has not changed. That is how we are supposed to be. That is what we are meant to strive for. That is the model that we've been given by the Roman church, a bunch of people coming together for the glory of God. So may we live up to the example that we've been given. May we live as living sacrifices that make living sacrifices. So we can, all of us, together with one voice, give praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that the world may recognize our unity and be drawn to Jesus. Amen. Father, I thank you for the example that we've been given in Rome and your church there. Father, I thank you for this letter that Paul wrote to the Romans and how as we've studied it in the past few months, how much it has to speak to the world that we live in today. Father, I pray that we would each be living sacrifices, wholly pleasing to you, that this would be our spiritual act of worship, 
that we would come together as one body to lift you high. I pray for unity. Right now, as you're taking a little bit of time to pray, let me just ask this question for you to take to the Lord. Who are you having trouble being accepting of? I'm not talking about sin here and being accepting of sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about who are you having trouble being accepting of? Just search your heart. Ask God to search your heart. Are there people groups? Are there ideologies? Are there political leanings? Are there cultures? Is there a certain age group? Is there a certain gender? Is there a certain racial background? That for you, it's, it's just a struggle to have harmony with. That you say, I, I just don't think I could have harmony with a Democrat. I don't think I could have harmony with a Republican. I just couldn't have harmony with that younger generation. Them old people are just too stuck in their ways. They don't understand. They don't understand what it's like to be young. What people group, ideologies, political leanings, cultures, age groups, genders, racial backgrounds, do you find a struggle to have harmony with? Just ask God to search your heart. And if there's something there, surrender to him. Ask for his help. Might be a lot of things with, like it is with Christianity. It's going to be a process that you're going to have to keep going back to him and say, Lord, help me to have harmony with that group of people. Help me have harmony with that one guy. I can get along with all these other people, but that one guy, I, I just, mm, not sure. Leave it, leave it with Jesus. Paul says to watch out for people who are causing divisions and upsetting people's faith. He said, watch out for these people. They're not serving Christ our Lord. They're serving their own personal interests. 
Could he be talking about you? That you're not really in it to serve Jesus. That in the past few months, you've been more about serving your own personal interests than you have been about serving the king. Could he be talking about you? Have you caused divisions? Have you upset people's faith by teaching and pushing your convictions over what the, the Bible says? If the Holy Spirit's convicting you maybe a little bit in one of those areas, confess it. Confess it to God. Repent. It's nothing that can't be forgiven. And just commit in your heart now to, to turn from that, to turn from serving your own personal interests and turning and serving Christ. Maybe the reason that you haven't been doing your part in the church is because you've been serving your own personal interests rather than serving Christ. Confess it, repent of it, turn from it. Commit in your heart to follow Jesus and serve him. Ask God to search your heart. Maybe superficially, there are people that you have harmony with, but it's really in your heart. It looks pretty good on the outside, but in your heart, you're still having a struggle with that person or that, that group of people. They don't even know that you're having a struggle, but, but you do. In your heart, you do. Leave it with Jesus. Now just take a minute and pray for harmony. Pray for harmony in your life. Pray for harmony with other believers, with other churches. Just ask God to help you have harmony. Help us have harmony. Pray that God would strengthen us. That would, God would strengthen our church. Pray that God would strengthen the church in America today.
pray that God would crush Satan's head under our feet. Paul didn't say that Satan's head would be crushed under the feet of Jesus. That He said that Satan's head would be crushed under the feet of the church. That we have that power as we move in unity. Pray that Satan's head might be crushed. Father, in unity and harmony, I pray that Satan would be defeated in the church that you've built, the church that the gates of hell can't stop. And I bring, pray that we would bring revival to our land in Jesus' name.